To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at Beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message on this third Sunday after Pentecost uh, is a blending, really, of the Gospel and the Old Testament reading. The, go- the Old Testament Then Elijah stretched himself over the boy three times and called to the Lord, Lord, my God, please make this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's request and the child's life returned to him. He was alive again. And from the gospel, when the Lord saw her, he felt sorry for her. He said to her, don't cry. He went up to the open coffin, took hold of it, and the men who were carrying it stopped. He said, young man, I'm telling you to come back to life. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who has told us, I am the resurrection and the life, my beloved. So before us, we have two sections from Scripture the Old Testament and the New Testament both tell us about widows who lost their only son, which was really a, a tragedy back in Bible days because if you had no man in the house, you were basically destitute and you had to rely on charity. Being a widow and losing a son was a tragedy. As I looked at these texts, I was reminded of a year when I was pastor down on the south side of Milwaukee, St. Paul's in Franklin, where two of our young members, two students in our parochial grade school, died in the same year. One was a kindergartner, died in uh, in an accident in the house, and uh, one was a five-year-old, fifth grader, and he died in an accident in his grandfather's barn. It certainly reminds us that uh, death is no respecter of age. I remember after one of the funerals, one of the uh, non-churched relatives came up to me and said, Pastor, I wouldn't want your job for anything. He didn't really understand, and I reflected on that after I went home after the funeral, after the graveside and the fellowship. And I said to myself, what a privilege God has granted me to comfort members with the knowledge of the resurrection to everlasting life. And so one of the stories that we consider this morning is the story of the young man of Nain. Got a picture of uh, the incident on your bulletin if you'd like to refer to that for a moment. Really, uh, it wasn't a coffin, it was re- they call a beer, B I E R, or a stretcher. And the boy, the young man, was dead. And um, I just thought that that was really kind of unusual. Just think of that. Here you have this funeral, and Jesus comes up to the mother and says, Don't cry. Cr- don't cry. This is my son's funeral. 
But you see, Jesus was already anticipating the fact that she wouldn't have to cry because he was going to bring the son back to life. I like the expression, don't you, on the the face of the little boy? How would you feel if you went to a funeral and the corpse became alive once again? Pretty good artist rendition. Resurrection to life or bringing some back, somebody back from, uh, from death uh, assumes that somebody died. They're going to be brought back to life. And so we always have to refer every time we talk about death, where did death come from? And I know some of you have talked to me after worship services sometimes when I have said this. You say, well, how can that possibly be? But what I say is that death is unnatural. Death is not natural. That's not what the world says today. Oh, it's just a part of life, then you have death. Death is not natural because that's not the way that God created us to be. He created Adam and Eve to live forever. It wasn't his design. It wasn't his idea for death. So how did death come into the world? Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and so God said, Dust you are, and to dust you will return. St. Paul says it a little different way in Romans. So sin came into the world through one person, and death came through sin. Death spread to everyone because everyone sinned. Adam and Eve died because they sinned. We die because we sin. What is death? Let's review it once again. Some people... Non-Christians say, you know, I I can't stand it anymore. I'm going to commit suicide, thinking that when you die, you go out of existence. Nothing is further from the truth. When you die, you do not go out of existence. Solomon said in uh, his writing in Ecclesiastes, Then the dust of mortals goes back to the ground as it was before, and for in, the, in the case of a believer, and the soul goes back to God who gave it. When a person dies, unbeliever, body goes into the ground, soul goes to hell. A believer dies, body goes into ground, soul goes to heaven, waiting for the great resurrection of all flesh. Jesus tells us about that too in John chapter 5. A time is coming when all the dead will hear his voice And they will come out of their tombs. Those who have done good, believers, will come back to life and live. But those who have done evil, unbelievers, will come back to life to be condemned. I remember way when I was back in the seminary, one of uh, the students uh, asked one of the professors, well, just how do you really define death? He said, well, you really can't define death with just, you know, looking at that one word because there are three different kinds of death. There's temporal death where a person is temporarily separated from the temporary blessings of God. In other words, when you die and you go into that coffin, you can't enjoy the mountains and and the sky and the birds anymore. You are separated from those blessings of God. Then there's spiritual death which unbelievers are experiencing right now. Their unbelief cuts them off and separates them from the blessings of God, the spiritual blessings of God, like forgiveness and God's love and mercy. 
And then there is eternal death, eternal separation from the eternal blessings of God, which unbelievers are going to begin to experience both body and soul on judgment day. Well, what did Jesus do for these, uh, this young man, this young man of Nain? He restored, he gave him his temporal life back again. See, he had experienced temporal death. Now, make no mistake about it, Jesus did not resuscitate this man. He didn't use CPR on him. He didn't do the Heimlich maneuver. The boy was dead. His lungs stopped breathing. His heart stopped beating. His brain cells died. And here is the real miracle. And only Jesus can perform this. You know what Jesus did? The man was dead. That means that his soul separated itself from his body and went to heaven. Jesus recalled the man's soul from heaven, put it back into his body, and he became alive. And if you ask me, how did that all happen? And what did the guy see in heaven? I don't know. That's a miracle of Jesus Christ. I'd like to turn your attention to uh, the insert that you have this morning entitled God's Word. Now, before you take a look at it, I have to remind some of you uh, or uh, bring up the fact and some of you who uh, went through the Revelation course uh, last uh, year will remember this. And uh, that the number three in Holy Scripture is a God number. Obviously, you know why. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The number seven is the gospel covenant number. And the number 10 is the number of completeness. Now, the reason that I think this is so unusual is that there are 10 resurrection accounts in all of Holy Scripture, and you're holding them in your hand here. Three of them occurred in the Old Testament. Seven occurred in the New Testament. Three were performed by Jesus. And then there were three. One was unusual after Jesus died. It says that the tombs of the dead broke open and they went in and visited their relatives in town. And then there were two more in the book of Acts. And then Jesus' own resurrection makes seven. Now, why I mentioned it, this? You heard you got three and you got seven and you got ten. Either, either this is a tremendous coincidence or God, once again, has put his thumbprint on Holy Scripture. Three and seven and ten resurrection accounts in all of Holy Scripture. Now, the re- another reason for mentioning this is all the people who were brought back to life by God's Word or by Jesus, they all died again. Just think of that. Now I'm alive. Oh, you know what? Now I got to die again. That's what made Jesus' resurrection different from all the rest. That's why the Bible calls him the first fruits of those who are, were alive or will be alive or those who were dead because Jesus came back to life never to die again. The book of Revelation tells us, I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead but I am now alive forever. And you know, of course, why he died. For your disobedience and mine. Thought, word, and deed. Jesus also tells us, I am the one who bring people back to life. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. So we're talking about death and we're talking about coming back to life once again this morning. So where's the application for us in 2016? 
Well, the first application is that when one of your acquaintances or your family members die, don't be afraid to cry. People cry at funerals because they invested a whole lot of love in that person and received it back. And now that person's gone. No love, no tears. Love, tears. Another encouragement is go to funerals. Go to funerals of your acquaintances. We're living in a day and age, and by the way, I just learned a new uh, terminology this past week. I never knew what meh was. You know what meh is? It means, ah, whatever. I guess it's used by a lot of young people. I'm sure there are a lot of unbelievers who come in church today and listen to the sermon and say, meh, whatever, don't really need it. A lot of people that live today who said, you know, I don't need anything in life because all I need is my computer. People need people. At funerals, people need hugs, and they need kisses, and they need handshakes. And when you go to a funeral, don't go just to the visitation. Go to the visitation and go to the funeral and go to the graveside, and go to the fellowship hour. And you know what? When you do all that, you don't even have to say anything because people are so appreciative just of your presence. It says everything. And then for all of us, the encouragement this morning is to pray for patience because all of us have lost loved ones. And the resurrection will come In God's due time. Because God always delivers on his promises. And then help others to be patient too. Exercising godly contentment. Knowing that everything is all right. Even when it seems like it's not. And then live the way you should live. Live knowing that you're going to live forever. In fact, you already began your eternal life the moment that you came to faith in Jesus. You're going to live forever, and that eternal life starts right now. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, which in Christ Jesus our Lord shows us. We can't be separated by death or life by angels or rulers, by anything in the present or anything in the future, by forces or powers in the world, above or in the world below, or by anything else in all creation. The words before us, the Old Testament and the New Testament, remind us two sons of two widows died, and God made them alive once again. Two boys, never forget it, the funerals of the 1984-85 school year, remember their funerals forever. Also remember the comment of that guy after the funeral, he said, Pastor, I wouldn't want your job for anything. How about you, dear Christian friend? As a follower of Jesus Christ, you got the job. He's given you the privilege to comfort others with the resurrection miracle. 
Because as Jesus said, I am the one who brings people back to life. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. St. Paul says, we are telling you what the Lord taught. We who are still alive when the Lord comes will not go into his kingdom ahead of those who have already died. The Lord will come from heaven with a command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the dead who believed in Christ will come back to life. Then, together with them, we who are still alive will be taken in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. In this way, we will always be with the Lord. So then, comfort each other with these words. Again, St. Paul, Jesus Christ died for us so that whether we are awake in this life or asleep in death, we will live together with him. Therefore, encourage each other and strengthen one another as, in fact, you are doing. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.